Morning, morning. Welcome to another episode of Horizon Scan. It's a lovely day here in the north of England, where I am. Where are you, you? You're southern Essex. England. You're in Essex. Yeah. What are you doing down there? I live, I live in Essex, guys. Live in, yes, I live in Essex, mate. Yeah. Where did you think I lived? To be honest, I thought you lived in a, in a variety of places. I thought you lived <laughs> somewhere near fucking Warwick, somewhere near uh, Chelmsfordy type area. Chelmsford, uh, Chelmsford is Essex. Is it? Yeah. Where am I thinking of that's not Essex? That's Chelmsford. Um, Can't think. Anyway, yeah. Well, the studio, I, I the studio, the studio's near Warwick. Yeah. I had you further away. I didn't know you were in Essex. What the yeah. fuck did you move to Essex for? Yeah, enough of that place in the wedge. Well, based here, and then I got married and then divorced, but the, the, the ex-wife and the kids stayed in stayed in Essex. <laughs> Looks like I'm okay, staying in Essex then. <laughs> that's fair enough. Okay. Well, so normally I come into this with an idea about what I want to talk about. There's normally something that's left me out during the week or I'm interested in, but I'm like, well, okay, we'll do this. Or oh, Hugh thinks the same. This morning I was like, I didn't really know what to talk about. So Hugh mentioned that there's some... Uh, there's like rioting happening in Sweden, uh, which has been going on for on and off for a little bit. It's one of those things that just keeps happening fairly regularly. So we're going to talk about that. Now, both of us have just, Hugh is currently looking at the internet now, trying to work out what's going on with it. Um, well, I, didn't, I, I, I didn't know anything. I didn't, I, like most people, I think, probably didn't realise anything was going on. I mean, I don't, if you don't, unless you read the news on a daily basis, which we don't. Like, I don't, as in... If you read it in a traditional way, and that is you go to your, your apps or your websites or you get your newspaper or whatever, then you would have, you would maybe have seen something about a headline or a story somewhere about protests in Sweden. But you know, it was nine years, but I was talking to a colleague yesterday, and they mentioned that they'd been in Stockholm for the week and that there was some protests going on and it was something to do with the Quran. He wasn't really sure, but he wasn't really bothered while he was there. It was nothing major. But... Um, it started, so looking at it, it started in June. Yeah. Started. Where's Malmo? Because that's where it is, isn't it? That's where it's happening, the main major bits in Malmo. Malmo. Where's that in relation Malmo. to... Where's Malmo? I think it's Malmo. It's not in, like, Stockholm. It's a Malmo. I think it's another city. No, it's Stockholm. Really? The protest okay. in Stockholm, yeah. Uh, the footage I saw of, like, the, you know, burning cars and shit was... I think it said Malmo. Yeah, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's, maybe it's Malmo, a suburb of Stockholm. I don't know. I don't know. I can't say anything about Malmo here. But anyway, okay. so June, here's the timeline of events that unfolded in the lead up to, oh, right, there was a desecration. There was a desecration of the Quran uh, in July. Yeah, this fucking punter burns it, didn't they? Yeah. Uh... To demonstrate, so Iraq has this article is Al Jazeera, and it says uh, Iraq has expelled Sweden's ambassador shortly after protesters had stormed its embassy in Baghdad and set past to fire the building. This is 20th of July. This article mm -hmm. supporters for the influential Iraqi Shia religious and Shia religious and political leader Muqtada al Sadr have called for the burning of the embassy on Thursday. Nice and calm, nice and calm approach there, Muqtada. I like it. The demonstrators yeah. were angry over what was supposed to be the second burning of a Quran in front of the Iraqi embassy in Stockholm. Yeah. While protesters in Sweden kicked and partially damaged a book they said was the Quran, 
did not burn it as they threatened to do. So they desecrated the Quran, right? Iraq, some Iraqis have not been happy. Muqtad al-Sada was stirring up the, the hate book, uh, the hate the hate shit. Uh, I haven't said that. So is the uh, so are the people kicking the, the Quran, right? They're doing exactly the same thing. All right, the incident was planned by Salwan Momika, a 37-year-old Iraqi refugee in Sweden who also burned pages of a Quran in front of Stockholm's largest mosque on June 28th during the Islamic Eid al-Adha festival. Uh, why is he doing it? He's a fucking idiot. Yeah, it doesn't say you why he's doing it. Why? That's so, the- alright, so that was that. And then it sounds yeah. like, so the most recent one, that was, that was July. And now the most recent one, this is an article, BBC, 19 hours ago. Three men have been arrested in connection with a violent riot following a Quran burning in Sweden. Unrest erupted after an Iraqi anti-Islam activist, Salwan Momika, the same guy, set fire to a couple okay. of the home. Yeah, it's the same guy. He's done it again, as you said mm-hmm. earlier. Uh, mm-hmm. Blah, blah. Mr. Momika set fire to Quran. Right. Why is he doing it? Well, he's not into Islam, is he? If he's described as an anti-Islam... Swedish police had given Mr. Mamika a permit for the protest, so he asked for permission in accordance with their staunch free speech laws. It later emerged the incident was being investigated for incitement of hatred. Mm. In January, Rasmus Paludin, a politician from the Danish far-right Stramkurs party, hardline party, burnt a copy of the Quran outside the Turkish embassy in Stockholm. Last month, neighbouring Denmark, which has also seen several burnings of the Quran, said it planned to ban public desecration of holy books. Sweden has pledged to explore legal means of abolishing protests that involve in burning texts in certain circumstances. Right, there's a couple of things I'm thinking here. Why is this burning of the Quran all of a sudden happening in these countries? Mm-hmm. You, well, yeah. that's the one thing I'm thinking. Why is it happening? repeatedly yeah. why are these Sweden I was going to say why are these people upset Sweden's a weird one because it's the same guy Denmark obviously a different guy yeah yeah should you be allowed to burn a crown on the street I think you should but I think you shouldn't <laughs> that's what it comes down to okay I think okay Starmer go on well, no, but that's, I think that's true. Like, you should have the right... If you have... It's like, if you're going to hear what they're talking about there... I mean, this is what I was thinking about before, which is why I said this is going to be quite a difficult one to talk about, because it's, it's, it is difficult. Because we got ourselves into a situation where there is one religion that, because we know they kick off, we just leave them alone. You know? And I, you know, I do not have an issue generally with any religion if you follow it in a fucking chilled manner and it helps you. And there's stuff in every religion that you can use as an excuse to be a cunt. That's just what it is. That's what they are. Um, so we, we have got ourselves in, this, in a sort of situation where generally, if you burn anything but the Quran, not much is going to happen. If you burn the Quran, shit's going to kick off. And it's, I don't know how we've, I'm not sure how we've got ourselves into that situation. So, yes, I think it's, it's, 
it's one or all. You either go, let's just be cool, and you're not allowed to burn anybody's fucking books because they, they like the books. So don't let them burn. Don't burn the books. Don't be a dick and do that. If you do that, you're probably going to get gripped by the police. Or you can burn them all, and you and you, you're not allowed to kick off for it. So it's, it's fucking hard, isn't it? The reason he is doing it, right? Is he real sad? No, he's he will continue to burn the Quran despite threats directed at him and Sweden, and he's saying he wants to protect Sweden's population from the messages of the Quran. Mm-hmm. Now. Mm-hmm. Having read the Quran, a lot of it, I haven't finished it. I've read a lot of it. I I would suggest that the way the Quran uh, encourages um, the uh, people to live and exist, and how society should function, um, the way it says it you should do that i would say that isn't uh, a great alignment with swedish culture (laughs) (laughs) and this is like i this is the reason like it's the main reason i went and bothered my ass to read the thing or to start reading the thing because i want i wanted to go first down and go okay what does this thing say why why are some people not happy with it Mm -hmm. so um so when he says he wants to protect them i'm going to be extreme protect them from the I see. I, I kind of see where he's coming from, but I don't know. I mean, on the subject of burning books, man, I, I think um, I don't think it should. I don't think it should be illegal. Even even this situation, I don't think it should be illegal. And I think it's dangerous. I think it's dangerous to to to, to have a law where it's this incitement of hatred, which is a, mm-hmm. yeah, that, this incitement of hatred thing because it's so uh, that's difficult to define. It can, it's open to interpretation. It can be used for bad political means to get rid of people who that mm-hmm. a, a, a political organization around whatever we've spoken about this in the past and then, yeah. but like with that said like i don't think what he's doing is great like this isn't the greatest yeah. way to do this buddy but i stop being a dick but the way yeah but, but the thing is the way it should be handled i think is it's sort of social justice would enact itself on him it's like you can go and you can go and preach the Quran in the street, mate. You can go and preach the Bible in the street. You can go and well, you can go and burn the Bible if you want, right? But you're probably never gonna get employed. You're probably gonna get shunned. You're probably gonna have the best of lives. Like society will will compartmentalize you if it needs mm-hmm. to. Now, if you could have a situation where like in Sweden, probably one of the things they're worried about with all this is like an, an increase in far right like extremist organizations anti you know anti-muslim organizations coming back you know spurred on by mummy burning these books but i think if you if you're in a society or a culture which is functioning all right that's that's very little chance of happening i think i don't yeah. know don't i mean what do you think about the the, the incitement of hatred thing like in what circumstances could could or should well should the law be allowed to stop him doing what he's doing now is there a line that you do you think there should be the don't be a dick line and the police say hey you're in the neck now well, it's it's pretty much i don't know it's it, just from saying it, it's fucking difficult because i, I kind of believe that it is very fence city in a way like 
you should have the right to give your opinion on stuff, but you should also, you know, he he knows what he's taking on by burning a burning a Quran because I'll, I'll talk about both sides here. Like he knows what he's taking on by burning the Quran, right? That's physical danger to himself. Yeah, yeah. We've seen that historically. You know, you might not get you initially, but at some point, someone's going to fucking cut your head off. That's just how it is. That's that's how they fucking play. And I don't. I'm not saying they in any sort of fucking particularly knobheady way, but that's that's what happens. Some punter, probably a fucking idiot. He's not. He's not very bright, yeah. and has been a little bit coerced. We'll probably go and cut your head off. So he knows what he's taking on by doing it, and I think he kind of has the right to do it if it's legal, which it is in Sweden. But I think the police should be going to him and saying, right, dude, fucking screw the nuts. And I think that it, it sounds fucking so wishy-washy and stupid, but when it comes down to it, that's just like, it's sort of, you can, you're, you're sort of expressing your, your, your rights by doing that. But you can also, there's loads of stuff I could do on the street if I wanted to, but I don't because I know it would be a fuck, it would be a pain in the arse for everybody else. You have to have that just societal goodness and common sense to go, I'm not going to do this. The other side of this is, this is going to sound fucking weird. So the other side of this is, the, the footage that I've seen of them fucking smashing shit up and burning and rioting, you can't do that. you got a problem with him. He's burned the Quran. <laughs> I'm not saying go and get him. He's your problem. This one punter is the problem. All those people whose cars you smashed up, all the fucking damage that you do by rioting, all that stuff. Well, not- yeah, but the protests will be because they're not happy that the authorities let them do it. That's what the problem is. That's why the protests... Yeah, but, that's the law, but that's the law of the land, isn't it? I know. It? That's right, the law of the country, right, and, and you do have to be... And when you're not happy with the law of the land, what you do? You go and protest. What you- yeah, there's a difference between protesting and smashing shit up, which is what they've been doing. Uh... Yeah, I think. Well, there is. Uh, no, I, well, I, I agree. But these days, the lines are so blurred. I mean, look at look at the BLM. But it shouldn't be. Look at, we're giving in. Look at the BLM stuff. It's like exactly. I was going to get there. You know how many? Yeah, we've got this thing now. It's like I'm this sad, and now I'm really sad. And when I'm really <laughs> sad, I'm allowed to smash everything up, and that's bullshit. That's not a functioning society. Well, well, it's well on the. I mean, on the BLM stuff, like with. I'd say, I'll say it's like with every single protest, there is a there is a percentage of those people who are they're just there for the crack, and they're normally not middle aged blokes like you and me. They're normally young lads. Like, you know, are they going to be women? Going to be young lads out there with the, with these days with their faces covered up and just fucking they are they are living the life for one night, <laughs> get amongst it, get amongst it. Yeah, yeah. You know, brought, not being brought up great and they just are caught in the moment and that's it. And, that, and, and it was huge with the BLM movement. It's probably part of it with the Sweden yeah. stuff, but a much smaller percentage. But I mean, what, what was unfortunate is that, not unfortunate, you know, if the protests can gather momentum and, and they get bigger, and I would hate to see the, the Swedish government buckle and change this law, right? And that's not me saying I would hate to see the I would I would hate to see the Quran stop getting burned. You know, it's not that's not the point yeah. I'm making. Like the point you're making, like free speech, protect it, protect it at all costs, um, well, protect it almost at all costs, and mm-hmm. uh, Swedish Swedish government may buckle because it's it, in similar 
way to in similar points you made earlier on that you know people get sad like muslims get really sad generalizing get really sad when the quran gets burned some muslims mm -hmm. get really fucking violent some get murderous right yeah um and in the same way which is different to burning the quran and burning other things like the governments of islamic nations they pile the pressure on too. It's like a right nightmare situation. Turkey, you know, well, look, Iraq shut the Iraq shut the Swedish embassy. Turkey mm -hmm. are kicking off. Turkey government are kicking off Sweden. So it's like a major, major, major problem. Now, there was a point I was going to make there. I can't remember what it was. I wonder how. I wonder how far it goes before and how, what. Yeah, I wonder how far it goes. I mean, looking at the, I was looking at the Muslim population of uh, Sweden. It's mm -hmm. not a small amount. Uh, so yeah. according to so according to Google right now, Sweden is made up of inter, the population general mass is just over 10 million. And they've got, by estimates, just under a million, well, they've got 800,000 Muslims in the country. Mm -hmm. Not a small amount. What's that, 8%? 8% something like that. It'd be like 8%, yeah. 9%. Huge. That's a, like, yeah. that's, sorry, Sag. The problem can't be swept under the carpet. You're not talking about a pocket of Muslims somewhere in the country and getting kicked out. You know, it's like it's, you know, 800,000 pissed off people who will probably all be. Well, I don't know. I, I suggest most of them are like, uh, I wish you wouldn't do it, but also let's calm the fuck down, everyone, probably. Mm -hmm. But also, I don't know, they, they, they'll, they'll, have, a, they'll have, have a feeling of, you know, a deep, probably a, a bit of a deep conflict going on. The ones that aren't violent at the minute are protesting. There'll be a deep conflict going on inside them at the moment, you know. Uh, yeah. What's the word? Uh, loyalty to their religion, loyalty to what? Yeah. Loyalty to their God, you know, and, and, and what their and what the Quran teaches them, you know, about about how they should live their lives, like things like when the holy book is desecrated, or mm -hmm. a calm, level-headed approach to dealing with the situation, and the importance of free speech if they have that. You know, if they believe that, but then I suppose, I suppose, oh, I wonder, I mean, the idea of free speech, the way you and I think about it, can't hold as much weight in a, someone who practices what the Quran says. Mine, if the Quran says, mm -hmm. someone fucked with the book, kill him. You know, mm -hmm. basically. Interesting. Yeah, it's it gets complicated, doesn't it? Because there's, there's, it's not quite the same, but there's stuff in all religious texts that you, if you go by the letter of it and you interpret it completely fucking to the letter, you're going to end up like living your life in a uh, way that doesn't necessarily um, align with how the fucking how you look at the civilized West. If you look at it like that, there's stuff in all of them. If you you could find stuff in there, if you wanted to. Um, well, the next one I want to read is the, is the Old Testament. For, for, yeah. for your state, because I've heard it's pretty fucking horrendous, you know. Yeah, the, the, the religious texts, like the, the books, they're all, you can find, they're excuses to be good or bad, depending on how you read them. Uh, well, yeah. The Quran's very different, mate. So, like, the, 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 the Bible's like stories. The Bible. I've read it during uni. Right, yeah. So, you, you know, like the Bible is like stories, isn't it? Stories, yeah. and you, you sort of extract yeah. lessons from the stories. Yeah, the word of God. But, yeah. yeah, but the Quran is, it's literally paragraphs of direction. This is how you do this. Yeah. 
they say this. And it's the difference. It's, it's literally yeah. to be the word of God. <laughs> yeah. Not it's like a, it's like a book. It's like a pamphlet of instructions. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, but the point is, it's there if you want to find it. Like, we, I don't know. It's, I, I always, you know, I'm, I'm like, I always bring it back to the person because I, I think that's that's true. Like, if I want to, if I want to go, okay, I'm going to um, convert to Islam. There's plenty of Muslims who crack on and complete, fit in completely well within like Western culture, if you're going to call it that. Perfectly fine. Bang out the prayers, which I think at Ali. That's a fucking. I think the prayer thing is a good idea. Um, I wouldn't have a problem with anyone doing that. Like, um, yeah, it fits in perfectly well, and go about the business perfectly fine, just like anybody else would of any flavour of religion. Then there's some that don't, and they're the minority. And because you're the minority, I don't really think you get to tell the majority what to do. Like everyone can't bend for, for the absolute minority. So this is a like for, you know, even in Sweden, same in the UK. If you look in Sweden, that is a minority currently. Yeah, it's a minority portion of the population, and the really devout people who proper fucking care and they're going to kick off and get really sad about this they're a minority within a minority very likely so you can't have them controlling the country you can't, the whole country can't do something because of this tiny minority you know we've there's a difference between being cool and going yep yeah, totally fine with you doing what your beliefs are happy with that but it does your beliefs end at the end of you. It's, a, it's kind of a libertarian thing, isn't it? In a way, libertarians have a similar thing. Like your rights extend to the point of which they touch somebody else. Yeah. So you can't have that. You can live your life however you want. So as soon as you demand everybody else, and this we see this with all sorts of like sectors of society now. Like everybody wants their beliefs. What well, not everybody? Lots of people <laughs> want their beliefs to override everybody else's beliefs when it applies to them. And you can't have that. You have to be cool when <laughs> it comes down to it. You have to be cool and go, well, yeah, I believe this, you don't believe this, and you're not fucking harming me, so I'll just crock on and do my thing. We've, but we've normalised what you're talking about, the potential there in Sweden with the, the government caving to this. We've normalised going, fuck, don't upset them. Just don't upset them. Whoever that, that group is, mm. I don't think you can do that. Because eventually, what you're going to get is the majority get real licked out with the minority. And that gets real bad for the minority. Yeah. You, get, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Crazy situation. It's, like, it's not good, man. Well, I mean, it's quite isolated at the minute. Sweden, a couple of times. One yeah, person, I, don't, I don't know. You know, can you imagine what would happen if if just pick, it, it picked up like a wildfire across across like Europe and, and into the UK? As people start, well, as you okay, said, people start let, burning, burning well, Korans. Let's go there. Holy, let's get fuck. fucking nasty. Look what's happening currently. 
everywhere. Well, in the if you if you started out in the UK, you get banged up. I think. You think so? Yeah, for, right now I think so. I think because because we we are less in control of it than Sweden is in terms of that free speech thing. We pandered to the le- say we pandered to the left. I didn't mean pandered to the left more. I, I meant we uh, we yeah we we put. Uh, we sometimes put too much, too much emphasis on the right of the individual to not be offended, and we end up slinging people in jail for it. It's been you can get you can get thrown in jail now for saying saying things. <laughs> you know, it's like fucking good, like burning the Quran over here. Yeah, and the Look media, the, the media would fucking love it as well. They would but, uh, love it. They would fucking love it. Um. Yeah, look down the line on this though. So, we know what where the world's going. Well, I I think I know where it's going. We we have the nations as they stand now probably aren't going to be as much of a thing as you remember in 30, 50 years time. Maybe sooner than that. There's a lot of migration happening everywhere. And you see the same things in every country. Now I'm I'm actually I am I am post giving a fuck about this in a way. So I'm not coming at this from a necessarily a really giving a fuck about the UK in a way. Like I'm 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 concerned about like where the UK is going. But I think we see everyone's having the same issues with people who don't come from your country coming to your country. Right? We see that everywhere. And we see very relaxed borders for whatever reason that particular nation you're talking about. I'm not necessarily judging. Let, let's but let's go. Let's be completely like down the line on this and not fucking. Let's pretend we don't give a fuck at all and just look at what's happening. Everybody has people from places that aren't their country coming in. Everyone has that. And as you said previously, lots of the places that they're coming from are completely different cultures, completely different. That isn't a easy process it's not easy forget about fucking the pressure let's just talk culturally let's not talk about the pressure on any services or any of those things that's a different problem just culturally if you're going to bring a lot of people in who really you know a lot of them will not see the the society and rules of your country, they may not respect them in quite the same way because you're just not used to it. If you're being, you know, let's be nice about it, just not used to it. They do things differently, and they come in. And we're seeing we've seen this in the US, seen it here, you see that everywhere that doesn't have very very strict border controls, particularly Western countries, you're going to have problems, and this is only going to get worse because we've we've kind of hamstrung ourselves with what you were talking about. We're kind of too nice and too understanding and we're not very 
like we really don't properly say recognize the fact that these guys and they help most of the guys if you know if you watch any sort of you know footage of our reports on it these are mostly guys young guys we're not going and i'm not fucking painting them all with the same brush here i'm fucking not i'm sure there's some good dudes 100%. And, I, and I've said previously, if I was them, I would 100% be doing the same thing. You have to recognise the fact that some of these guys are going to be an issue when they're here because they can't fit in very well, at least initially. And that's going to make them frustrated. They might have dramas, whatever. Some people just be dicks. But you know what I mean? We're not dealing with that problem very well. We're not going, as you said previously. We're not going. Here's a here's a here's a small gang. Let's let them integrate a bit. It's a fucking constant wave of people yeah. coming that isn't getting slower. We yeah we yeah yeah we have a you know we have a the way we're set up is to to accommodate is to accommodate migration of individuals from not in this country at a certain level, like up to a certain you know intensity number of people per month that's how we set up to to to, to deal with them um set yeah. up from a terms of logistical uh you know uh, the, all the bureaucracy that goes goes with it um but also in terms of helping them helping them not go straight to jail when they get here to certain places right mm -hmm. you know and because they're educational sort of programs and training that, that immigrants go through and they come through, you know, if they go through the right process and they get, yeah, you can come to the country, no fucking dramas, maybe for six months, maybe for five years, maybe for two weeks, right? Come in and there's certain steps they have to go through and those steps are there to ensure that they're like, they're in the boss, best possible situation so that when they step into our country, into our society, which could be drastically different from theirs, drastically different mm -hmm. from theirs, then they, they can get by like they know how to not piss people off and they know not piss the law off. Cause this is the other aspect of it. It's like, yeah, there's a big part of this where you get some people come in and they're assholes and they are here to do bad things. Like, uh, you know, I can't imagine all of the, uh, the Eastern Bloc men who come over here, you know, and who come over here. I can't imagine they're all over here to get a job and work a nine to five, right? Yeah, there's there's a reason <laughs> there's a reason they do the things they do over here. It's like a lot of them are are, are, are getting money uh, through um, illegal ways, right? As an example, there's some are not, you know, and if someone if you're reaching to someone in society over here who's not been set up well, and they don't don't realise, example, you can't treat women like that over here. Like something like you're you're allowed to do in your country, they're illegal here. By the way, if you haven't got those, those processes in place. Devil's advocate on, on the side of people who just for one culture and they don't realise and they and they break the law because oh I didn't know and they, yeah you've done a sort of a disservice to them like by having such a shit migration policy you're almost doing a disservice to those people who come over you generally want to integrate generally want to get by but you they don't they haven't got a fucking clue and and mainly especially with like you know with the with the cultures that we talk about that are most misaligned with our culture. So the, all the different cultures you get from Africa, all the different cultures you get from the Arabian Peninsula and people who are coming here. So predominantly, like, obviously, predominantly, like, Islamic culture, cultures. Mm -hmm. And um, they're, they're most misaligned on things like uh, sexual equality and sexual orientation. They're the two main ones. And, we're, and they're the two things we're most precious about. 
We're most yeah. precious about those things. And their cultures are so different. This, it's just the way they fucking are. Just the way they fucking are. Yeah. To your point, you know, you come over here and you have these, you have the our shocking migration policy or lack of policies, or lack of enactment policies, and you end up with mass migration completely overloaded, systems completely overloaded. So all these things we've got in place to help integration of people, of migrants who are coming here, because migration has always happened. We've always allowed it to happen, as has every single fucking country bar North Korea, right? <laughs> bar North Korea, maybe a couple of others. So we have yeah. it in place, but because of mass migration, it goes to shit. And to your point, you end up with large pockets of, large pockets of cultures, like here in the UK, they're in their own little, they're in their own little bubble, doing what the fuck they want to do, right? And, and a lot of the time that works. They keep themselves to themselves. It's like a, like literally a little part of, I don't know, name Islamic country in Birmingham, yeah. you know. And and it just from from being in their home to the social circles to going to to taking their kids to school, they're in their little bubble of their culture, and they're not really harming anyone else. And yeah, they're probably breaking laws. They're probably breaking every single like the, the father's probably breaking every single like sexual equality law and you know um, equal rights for women law. And no, fucking what the fuck can you do about it if you don't know about it? And in those bubbles, it's fine. It's when it, it's when it spills out of that, or you've got these these communities spilling into British culture communities or other culture communities, you know, Russian communities, Jewish communities, and then you get you get nightmare. And that all comes from to exactly. Exactly the point all comes from integration being shit because it's too many, it's too many coming in, more coming in than we can handle, and more can them coming in than we can vet. Yeah, you know, you, yeah. you it, it, it sounds shit, but it sounds shit, but you absolutely do want a migration policy that absolutely does turn people away if their quality is below a threshold, and however yeah. you want to measure that quality, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, skills, experience, education, uh, likely uh, likelihood of being a criminal, likelihood of being a terrorist, uh, um, likelihood of building up debt, uh, ability to go straight into a job, you know, age, however you want to measure quality. Like, you need to have a threshold. And right now we don't fucking have it. And especially with the situation with the, the channel, the channel migrants, like, you know, Back to the point. There's a bunch of those people coming over in those in the boats, and they are coming here for the right reasons. They want to come here for a good life. They want to come here and they want to integrate with the UK. And they land on that shore, and they don't have the opportunity. Right? One, they don't have the opportunity. Two, should they have the opportunity to come here? Don't know because we're just fucking storing them here anyway, right? And and two, if we do decide, if we do, we're able to vet them and go, oh yeah, okay, uh, yeah, you can come in, Mister Abdul, whatever, who came from war-torn country in Africa and all your family's dead, but you, you know, you want to help, blah, blah, blah. And then we, we chuck him into this system that isn't working. He's, and the next thing he spat out into a street somewhere in the UK in, in his home culture mode, not knowing anything about the UK, and everyone he meets and interacts with thinks he's a prick because of the way he talks to the cashier in the shop, because of how ignorant he is of our rules and our laws, and because of how impolite he seems, and because... He, he, he got no idea how to speak fucking English, you know, and it's not his fault. <laughs> but also, should he be here? <laughs> well, this is just it. Yeah, this is just it. Like, I, a few sort of, sort of things of what you've said. Like, I understand the whole sort of everyone living together. I get that. I get when you come in that ever you find people of your own culture, you go live with them. Yeah. You do get it. Yeah. You get these pockets of different cultures. Yeah. That's fine. We do exactly the same thing when we go to other countries, yeah. expat communities. We call them expat communities. 
Do you know what I mean? It's exactly the same thing. Um, So there's that. But when you're talking about... When I'm when I'm talking about nations not necessarily being the same thing as they are now, mm. it's the social contract that I'm talking about. So, if you were born here, and obviously, what are the arguments about what you're talking about when people come over and they're being knobs or whatever and breaking the law and all that stuff and taking advantage of like you know benefit systems and all that shit? An easy thing is to go, well, yeah, we've got plenty of fucking people who are born here, dude. So, yeah, they were born here. If they're knobheads. There are problem. That's part of the whole thing about being a country. If you're within this, I know the concept is weird, but if you're within, it's always been a thing. If you're in this little box, if you get in the box, you've got a problem. You could, you know, if you're outside of a box and you come in, we're supposed to be able to stop you coming in because we want to. It's up to you whether we want you in our box or not. That's how it's meant to work. A border is meant to do that. The other thing is that everyone within that box has to contribute to the running of the box in some way for the society to function. And everyone who was born in the box and has done that in some form or other their whole life, you know, and let's look at the majority of people in the country do have jobs, do contribute, do pay the taxes, do all those things. If you then bring in a load of people and then even in small amounts put them above what you, how you would treat someone who's always, who, who's always been here and has spent their whole life contributing to something, you cannot then moan. You cannot then, they, if they get pissed off by that, that's completely fucking reasonable. And it's worse in this country because we have such a, we have such, such a strong belief in fairness in this country. That's what queuing's about. Like we believe to our core about things being fair, and we'll the British public will pour with a hell of a lot. The whole stiff upper lip thing will pour with a hell of a lot, and then something will break. And we're I don't I don't I don't know I don't know how far we're off that, but I think you're going to have real problems when that. Line of fairness, that's just, you know, that social contract of like you're going to get you to pay all your taxes. These things are going to happen because the pressure on the system now that we're seeing, no matter where you see, however, however you look at it, and some of it is just stupid government policy from elsewhere. But if there's pressure on the system, which there undoubtedly is now, bringing more people in to put more pressure on that system is a problem. And then the people who've been paying into the system all their lives go, why the fuck am I paying for this? Nothing's getting better. I see people who've just turned up getting treated better than this person I know who just fell on hard times. They won't put up with the unfairness of it. And that's when you're going to start having these these little societal collapse things. There's no respect for the social contract currently shown by the government. And it's... It's why I'm in a state of minimum fuck about the whole thing. Because I, I, currently I don't see it getting better and I don't see the, the government doing anything to get it better. There's loads of stuff they There seems to have this thing with the, the government at the moment where they just point to something and say it's why they can't do something. Oh, we'd, we'd love to be able to stop the boats coming in. We'd love to be able to close our borders, but we can't because of X. 
And it's always complete bullshit. They can do anything they want. Yeah. They like, like the laws, they can change the laws of the country. They can ignore rules outside of the country. <laughs> the, uh, the, the, yeah, I mean, that, the boats going across fucking would be simple to stop. Like there's only certain there's only a certain stretch of coastline they can get across on easily. It's like it's, just, it's fucking madness. It's fucking, and France could do the same thing, but I mean, um, but like ignoring the mass immigration thing we've got going on and haven't gone on for fucking years, mm-hmm. stretched anyway. It's like we don't yeah. don't need this. We don't need this. And yeah. and the, the problem is on this is you talk about this. If you talk about this in, in certain forums or in certain ways, uh, in certain public ways, other than what we're doing now, mm-hmm. you know, because, and I say other than what we're doing now, because the point, like, on here, like, you and I know the audience that this has, and mm-hmm. it's a high-quality audience, I think, in that it's like majority yeah. balanced rational thought, you know, balanced somehow. rational thought, somehow, right, and, and, you're, and you or I could say something that they don't agree with. Their laptop doesn't get thrown out the window. Their throne doesn't get thrown out the window. Yeah. We aren't, they don't label us as bigots or fucking the racist and all that. It's like, oh, okay, let's bring it on board. You know, but you talk, you, if you talk about this in other forums, saying that, yeah, this, the level of immigration right now is bad and we shouldn't accept everyone coming in, then, then you are racist, you're a bigot, you're anti Islam, you're everything. No, no. It's like, just, let's just get control of it. You know, we, 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 we've not been great. People haven't been in a great situation generally since 2009, really. You know, that first big crash, right? And then everything yeah. else has happened since. I think we've just gotten harder and more expensive. For most people, it has. I mean, if you're one of those persons thinking, no, it hasn't, I'm glad it hasn't for you because for most people, it has got worse. Yeah. It has got worse. Um, I mean, and then so you look at, right, so asylum support, right? So this is on the government website. So an asylum seeker comes in. Let's, let's take the example of they come across on the boat and they're not meant to be here. They shouldn't. Be. They're coming across for the wrong reasons. They haven't stopped at all of the fucking countries in Europe. And they've come. Yeah. This is the, I, I love it when this gets brought up in these debates, but it just gets ignored by the opposite, like whoever's on the opposite side of it. They don't want to discuss this. Okay. Why have they come all the way here? Why have they come all the way here and not stopped at any of the countries in between? Right. And there's, I think there's two reasons. Oh, this is a different tangent. I think there's two reasons for that. I think one, most of those countries are ushering them on, and in a way that they are making it very uncomfortable to stay in that country. Like you ain't fucking staying here. You ain't getting. You ain't getting any free shit from us. This could be Italy. It could be France. It could be Germany. Well, maybe not Germany, but most of us. They, they make it harder than what it is here. You ain't fucking staying here. We don't want you. Here. And if you want, if you want to stay here, we're going to make it. There's a lot of hoops you got to jump through, and this is what we should be doing. It's what we should be mm-hmm. doing. And also it's, hey, you should try the UK. Try the UK. And it's like, I should, I should have I really think this was happening. Get out. Because yeah. the EU, uh, Europe, have got a major, major problem. The problem they've got is worse than what we've got. Worse than what we've got. It's just, you don't see it because it's diluted across a bunch of countries. They are in fucking shit state. You look at the south of France because of the mass immigration problem. So let me get them all over here, right? I, get, I say we get them all over here. We get a lot of here. So when they get here... And there's an asylum seeker. They'll get right. So housing. Okay, what you'll get, you can ask for someone to live, a cash allowance. You can ask for someone to live or a cash allowance or both as an asylum seeker. Housing. You'll be given someone to live if you need it. 
This could mean a flat house, hostel, or bed and breakfast uh, hotel. You cannot choose where to live. It's unlikely you'll get to live in London or South East England. Cash support. You'll usually get £47.39 for each person in your household. This is weekly. Uh, to help you pay for food, clothing, toiletries. So that's 47 per person. Let's say there's, I don't know, two of you. That's £100 a week, £400 a month. Your allowance will go on to a debit card. It's four hundred pound a month, but they ain't paying for combination. <laughs> yeah, uh, be able to use the card to get cash from a machine. If you've been refused asylum, you still get that, and you still get somewhere to live. So it says you will be given somewhere to live, and forty-seven pound thirty-nine per person in your household. Yeah, uh, but you won't. You won't get the payment card. You won't get the payment card. If you don't take the offer of somewhere to live, and you won't get any money, so if you've been uh, what? If you've That's been, they want to know you. Yeah, yeah, I know, but if you've been refused asylum, you have to accept. Yeah, I understand. Oh, I see. I see your point. Yeah, you're not going to get full. Yeah, yeah, got it. Yeah, 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 got it. Yeah. If your accommodation provides you meals, okay, blah 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 blah. Maternity payment, health care. Um. You may get NHS healthcare, such as to see a doctor or get hospital treatment. You'll also get free prescriptions for medicine. We don't get that, do we? We don't get that. No, we fucking don't get that. Free dental care. Oh, Wales, you do, don't you? Free dental care for your teeth. I don't get that. I'm a British citizen. Free eyesight tests. I don't get that. I'm a British citizen. Help paying for glasses. I don't get that. I'm a British citizen. Right? So... they're entitled to more than what we get and and there are certain circumstances where I go fucking right give that person everything they need to integrate because you can prove their background you know where they've come from you know they're in clip you know they got here right you know they haven't just fobbed off all these other countries who went through in Europe okay right I can square you away but I'm going to go out on the limb here and say for most of the illegal immigrants coming in they ain't doing that. They ain't those people. They're here to take advantage of our system because we have become much nicer than we need to be. Like pre, I'm going to go. I'm going to say pre BLM, pre pre trans movement, pre all of that stuff that's happened. This this massive you know woke social movement over the last four or five years. Pre that, we were as nice as we needed to be. Well, it was even I say go. Go, beyond, go back again because the, the illegal immigration problem started. When did that start? I mean, it goes right back to early noise. Have you read uh, yeah. Doug, Doug Gus Murray's yeah. book, uh, The Strange Death of Europe? So for anyone yeah. watching this or listening, there's a great book called, by Douglas Murray. It's called the, the Strange Death of Europe. And the book is about, yeah. it, it, it is an analysis of why Europe and the UK has the exact problem that we're that Gaz and I are talking about now. Why the how and why the mass immigration movements come about and the impact it's having and why it's bad. And it it's not just modern day, but it goes right back to the origins of Europe and Africa and it's well not right back to the origins of those places, but you know far enough back in the origins of the societies there. Brilliant, brilliant book. Highly recommend it. Very good. I might like everything he does. He's very good. Yeah he's good yeah. Um, it's very good. So, like, we're we, we too nice. We're we too nice with it. We, we, I don't understand. Well, like, why aren't we? Why, why aren't we policing that border? 
Why aren't we policing that the, the, the English Channel? What the fuck are we doing? Well, that depends which rabbit hole you want to go down, doesn't it? More people in the country means more taxes, which means more money for government, which means more money for people. Right? There's one, that one, there's one, that one aspect. More people makes people richer, but not the people who are paying the taxes. That's, right? Yeah, that, that's the theory. Yeah. Um, well, it does. Yeah. In the short term. Yeah. Maybe not good for the long term if the country implodes. I read something about keeping the as I like a see. I'm, I am a mong, so call me out. Um, I'm sure there was a benefit to the housing market because the government is paying landlords. So obviously, you can apply to take refugees into your house, and the government will pay. The uh, the rent, they'll pay the insurers, they'll basically take over you. all the dramas you have as a landlord about looking after your property. The government will pay that. Get some in there, get some refugees in there, whatever you want to call them. Get some fucking blokes in there. And uh, that's your problem's gone. And they're like three to or five year contracts currently, I think. So that helps my understanding. Obviously, like I say, I'm among. My understanding is that helps keep the housing market afloat. The other side of it is the same with hotels. And I, I, you, if you got to a point where you were like, well, fuck it. And the government says, if you're a landlord or someone who owns a hotel, you know, and you're worried about, particularly hotels, man, this is why you're seeing this all the time. There's another story I'll, I'll just mention briefly about this as well. But yeah, if you've got a hotel that is empty sometimes, you have up and downs during the year, and the government says, dude, I will fill your hotel for five years. And if it gets trashed, I will fix it. And no matter what happens, if they burn it down, like they do sometimes when they get sad because they don't like it, I will fucking cover you. The government says that. People are going to take it. Times are hard. It's stressful running a business. So we all over it. The did you see the thing about the hotel owner turn it down? But one of them, this one hit the news for some reason. No, no, no. Right, there's yeah. a hotel. It's this quite recently. I've just I was just thinking the article as you talk. I remembered it. Um, yeah. it's, a, it's a hotel owner in Kent, and um, basically he said he, he, I don't know, he ended up getting interviewed, but he sort of blew the whistle on what they're offering and stuff. Um, yeah. So it was a hotel, a boutique hotel near Sandwich in Kent. He was offered. He was offered um, nearly 1.1 million for a one-year contract, and that was to basically only make his hotel available for asylum seekers. Right? Um, he had 50 plus staff, um, and if he had done it, they he would have had to make 25 of them or more redundant. Because mm-hmm. of, I'm assuming that's because the, the, there's a lot less. I mean, there's a lot less admin goes into managing asylum seekers in your hotel and managing Joe Bloggs who's you don't need like you don't need booking forms yeah. <laughs> you don't need to manage the bookings you, your customer yeah. service level doesn't need to be as high as it would be otherwise it's like they've got different expectations and I'm not and that's not because, I'm not saying they've got different expectations because oh they're from whatever country they're from it's because yeah. they're not paying customers a paying customer expects one thing from a hotel so a hotel has to go above and beyond to keep that paying customer happy if you're they're not paying yeah. customers and they have got no choice to be there 
Well, guess what? When we smash those expensive plates we've got, I'm just going to replace them with fucking normal plates. You know, when we if we if we never want a guest waiting more than I don't know thirty seconds in the restaurant to get their to have their order received because we want to keep them happy, yeah. which means we've got to have ten staff on in the restaurant at peak times. Well, these customers aren't paying anymore, so we can let them wait two minutes if it needs to be or five minutes. So we don't need ten staff; we can have five staff. You know, it's like all these all these little things. Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. So he basically offered 1.1 million and said, no, fuck off. He said, uh, yeah, full occupancy. There was, so there was more detail in this. I'm looking for the DL. He was saying what they offered if they were, if their hotel got broke, if they broke the hotel and stuff like that. Um, I can't find the DL there, but basically he said, yeah, 1 million, 1.1 million. Oh, and if, if they damage rooms, if there's any, you know, all of your basic, all of your maintenance costs, basically we'll cover. Yeah. So he gets, so from his perspective, would have made it. It would, it would have been fucking loaded. It would have been fucking loaded, loaded, and a load of stress taken off. Guaranteed customers for at least a year. Guaranteed customers for at least a year. They're not worried about maintenance. Huge cost reductions would have made him very rich. And he took the moral high ground and said, "No, fuck that. I don't want to do it." Because mainly because yeah, he didn't want to get rid of all the staff. Like this, <clears throat> this hotel in there is a nice hotel up near the studio. Night was a nice hotel. Was a nice hotel. And uh, it's a fucking big name. It's a chain, big chain of, of uh, hotels, and it's then and um, you, know, you can't book it. Uh, it's uh, it's not as well kept as it was. It's just it's been taken over by asylum seekers, you know. Yeah. And that's no detriment to them, but it's just the point of we've got a major fucking issue. We've got to the point where we've got so many we can't house them anywhere. We put them in hotels. Yeah, and they used to the tents in fucking France. Yeah. They'd- yeah. That's basically a 10 city on the edge of France. That's what they used to. Um, and you've got to be on it. Let's be totally frank. If you make it comfortable, more will come because they're texting their mates. I mean, you've much have seen the videos of them on, on TikTok and, you know, Twitter of them all in the hotel rooms. Well, going, I mean, make it, oh, make it comfortable. I don't mind. Make it comfortable. Like, whatever. Once you hear, you're here. Like, once you hear, you're here. That's yeah. what it is. I mean, okay. once you hear, you're in and it's okay, don't make a shit. But make the process of getting here as hard as it needs to be to sift out the undesirable people yeah. from everyone who's coming across. Like, and let's get to, back to, to normal immigration. And you've got to recognise that we're in a different position than the rest of Europe in some ways because we are the end of the line. You know what I mean? If you keep going west, we're where you get to. You ain't yeah. going anywhere else once you get here. Well, you've, you've got, got to recognise You've got Ireland. Are you going to go to Ireland? Maybe you are. But they're, they're fucked as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, we've got we're we're not in the EU. Lovely. Don't have open borders in theory. Lovely. We're a fucking island. We could handle this really, really well if we wanted to, just like Australia do. Obviously, Australians are fucking mad in some ways, but well, they handle that. They seem to handle that better than we do. Yeah, they do, but are you? They do, but the where they, the way they, the way they store, store, the way yeah. they hold the refugees, where they're doing yeah. that is really badly done. Yeah, on these islands, really fucking badly. Not necessarily cool. But then people are talking about it now. I've heard all sorts of fucking madness on uh, socials about from people I follow. Some who who are very good on one subject and on this subject, I'm like, come on, mate, you can't do that. But um. Yeah, people saying, oh, right. I've seen people saying, right, we've got Ascension, Ascension Island, and we've got the Falklands. Let's just fucking boat them all down there. Fuck this Rwanda shit. Let's get them down there. 
Now, Falklands, you can't do that there because there's people who fucking proper live there. You can't really do that. Ascension, yeah, maybe. What's at Ascension? Some people in an airport, but it's still not a good idea. Um, but yeah, like there's, but it, you, people wouldn't be going there in their head if they didn't recognize that the situation we have here is untenable. Did you but, see the fucking. What, what, this is, what, what, the, what, what, if we're the end of, sorry, if we're the end of the line, right? This is what I think we should do. We clamp that, we go, we clamp down on our, on our, on our borders, right? We go, we stop yeah. the fucking boats coming across, right? So the end of the line is no longer an option. Yeah. What'll happen is if you, if, I mean, if you picture, yeah, the end of the line is a great fucking example, uh, a great way to put it. So if you, all the other stops in the line, which go right back to their origin country, right? All the other stops in the line, they'll just go, like, they'll stop coming to our line. The end of the line, the recommended end of the line will not be our country. It'll be France. And France yeah. will start clamping down their, this. And all of the, everywhere will get back to a good way of managing immigration, right? Which will, in the host countries where these people are coming from, which aren't countries that are war-torn and actually need you to leave, you can actually live there like fucking normal, right? Then the, the message we'll get around is it's, it, uh, it's not that easy to get. Like, it will not be perceived as super easy to just go fuck off and go live in Europe or UK. That's what would happen. But no one's willing to do it. We're certainly not willing to do it. But it's because, yeah, we've got to this place where people... And we've got the most to lose. And we've got the most to lose because we're an island. Absolutely. Because we're an island. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. And we've got to a place now where trying to be... In, like, cause first, someone, first thing, I've been like... I don't really answer people on Twitter. I tend to just put stuff out there. I don't tend to fucking go backwards and forwards with people. I did uh, last month or the month before with a, a lady for a while. And it, that was, it was a similar... Thing we were talking about, but they instant. We're talking about those barges, yeah, the fucking barge that they put people in. Um, and her, as soon as I disagreed with anything to do with it, she went to, "Oh, I'm heartless. Where's your empathy? All this stuff." It's like I'm all for this stuff. I'm not a heartless human being completely. I do have empathy, all those things, but I'm also, I understand. I'm not a fucking child, and I understand that there are practical realities around this. And it doesn't help anybody down the line if you don't do something about this. You know, this this country eventually will go no, and it will be fucking violent and nasty. Well, here in the UK, the only reason that yeah, I say the on, the only reason we are doing what we should be doing for the betterment of the country, in, in that and that is um, tightening up our our laws and tighten up the border security. The only reason we're not doing that is because it's a political discussion. It's been politicized. That's the single reason. There's no other reason for we, we shouldn't be doing it. It's the one reason. Yeah. Weapon like the it the it gets weaponized by Labour. Like the Conservatives don't well no, they they both weaponize it. They both weaponize it. They both weaponize it. Yeah. Yeah. It's an easy win. They see it as an easy win. That's why they're both like neither the, the state of our government just isn't fucking workable currently because they people have seen through the whole fucking left and right thing, but most people have. There's some very naive people who go, "Well, it's fucking conservatives," and I absolutely get that conservatives have been in power for ages and haven't done anything about it, and it's got much worse under them. Totally with it, but are you incredibly naive if you think Labour will be any different? Yeah, I read an article. Just don't I, read, I read an article, yeah from uh, about Starmer, actually. So yeah. May 2023, Keir Starmer attacks PM on immigration as Labour launches its own plan. 
Keir Starmer has accused the government of having lost control of immigration as Labour announced a plan to change the post-Brexit immigration system to boost skills and wages. Uh, Starmer said Rishi Sunak had broken the Conservatives' manifesto promise to reduce immigration. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Sounds like he would want to do that when he got in, which surprised me. In an announcement, Labour said it would scrap a rule under which overseas staff brought into the UK to fill vacancies on the shortage occupation list could be paid up to 20% less than the equivalent domestic wage. Didn't know that was a rule. The party said it would also seek to change the apprenticeship levy whereby large organisations... Right, so... He's not talking about dealing with the illegal immigration yet. No, he's not. He's, so he's having a go at Conservatives about the illegal Im- immigration, but the plan he's setting out would only benefit people who are coming here who are illegally migrating. Mm-hmm. It just smokes some of us. So. Yeah, because it's, it's just, it, the man has, I saw a very funny thing the other day. It was quite simple, but it was funny. Like, his, the, the Labour manifesto is basically just get elected. They don't really have a plan. It's like, don't be the Conservatives and try and get elected. Yeah. It's fucking madness. Did you see the students who got kicked out of the student accommodation? No. Yeah, it's the housing thing. Oh, this is good. So there's a lot of students who'd already signed a contract for their student housing. So you know what it's like when you go to uni? I may have seen this. I may have seen this. It was lastminute.com. Yeah. Go on, go on. Yeah. You sign your contract. You know, you've got all your stuff. You basically have to financially and practically prepare to go to uni. And they'd signed the contract and done all those things. And then they were told the places where they were going to have their, you know, halls or whatever it was, their accommodation, had been given to these uh, asylum seekers had come in because there was obviously a better deal for the landlords. Why have a load of pissed up students in there who are going to trash the place and you'll have to deal with the costs when you can have a load of other guys in there who the government will pay the costs for? Yeah, let's dig out the article now. We're, we're on time. Yeah, I've, got, I've got a few more minutes. So hang on. Okay. Right, yeah. So it's just, it, these little things are going to break the camel's back eventually because when it comes down to it, it's just not fair. Where's this article? There you go. No, no. Sorry, I'm looking at the article. Bang, bang. No, that's right. I'll keep talking till you find it. Fucking paywalls. Um, yeah. Like, I, like I said, I'm, I, when times are really fucking hard in this country, which they're getting for all the reasons that we've spoken about, if you have a lifeline of keeping your business afloat by sticking people in there with guaranteed income you're going to take it and it kudos to that guy that didn't but eventually everybody will take it everybody will (sighs) what (laughs) (laughs) I'm just reading the article it's just fucking for fuck's sake LBC, LBC can reveal a luxury student block in Huddersfield has been taken over by the Home Office to accommodate migrants, leaving more than 150 students scrambling to find somewhere else to live. It's expected at least 405 asylum seekers will be moved to the HD1 studio flats, which have been previously advertised as luxury student accommodation by property manager Prestige Student Living. 168 students had signed tenancy agreements which are due to begin in September. They will now be forced to leave or scramble to find alternative accommodation just weeks before they're due to move in. 
Uh, it comes amidst warnings of student accommodation shortages in cities, including Huddersfield, with charity Unipol expecting the problems to worsen. Uh, prestige student living confirmed to LBC that their agreement with the building's owner had been terminated with immediate effect. In a statement to LBC, prestige student living said firm HUD student management, the landlord of HD1, informed them that the building would not be opening to students in September. The decision is beyond the control of prestige student living, blah, 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 blah. The Home Office source told LBC that finding alternative sites to accommodate the sound seekers had involved difficult decisions that is necessary to reduce the use of hotels. So, in order to do that, they displaced students. Yeah. They displaced the next workers, the next people who were going to be paying the fucking taxes in this country. Yeah. Like, the... The, the, the hope, the future hope. They said, out, you're out. Yeah. Because, I mean, I, the Home Office may not have, I doubt they knew they, what was going to happen when they said, they basically probably went, we need accommodation, to provide it. And this landlord's gone, huh, I can provide it. Oh, the, the company's gone, yeah, we can provide it for that money. Yeah, we'll do that, Home Office. Yeah, cool, great. Oh, minted. Yeah, student student company, fuck you. Uh, we're we're can't, can't, Cancel the contract. Yeah, right. <laughs> I never, like I said, everybody will do it, and I, I'm, I'm at the point now where I kind of don't blame people. If like, if you, if you're, imagine you're just somebody who has a house. You've managed you know, Your parents died. You got left the house. You live here or whatever, and you've been struggling to get this rented, and whatever. And somebody turns around and goes, "Dude, we'll stick, you know, three blokes in there for you um, for three to five years and pay all these shit." Yeah, and maybe those three to five blokes are diamond geezers, yeah. and. You know, you're giving them, you look and go, I'm giving these people a chance. I've got the good ones. I haven't got the knobhead ones. I've got the good ones. I don't, yeah. I kind of don't blame people. I know. I mean, I mean yeah. I mean, it's like, like, when you look at the situation like this, right? So we've got a housing shortage generally, right? We've got a real, we've got a housing problem, housing shortage, house pricing fucking problem, everything. We've got accommodation problem in this country anyway. Why are we letting more people in that we need to? Just on that problem alone, major crisis, major, major crisis, and it's sending house prices through the fucking roof as well. Major crisis. Why are we letting all these fucking people in that we shouldn't be letting in? Or should we, we should be controlling better. We should at least be slowing it down. Why not? Just on that one aspect. And in this example, students, and they're probably not all British students. They're probably not all British students. You can guarantee if they're a student, they're here legally, they're paying the dues, they're here for a reason, to get education. They are going to be more of a benefit for society than the people who are now taking over their fucking homes. 100%. And that's not saying those people might not be in the future, maybe. Some of them might do really well yeah. and would be doctors and nurses yeah. and all those things that we're told that they are. Um, but yeah. But is it, when we talk, just to finish off, like you talk about the cultural thing, you know, so the cultural problems we've spoken about, you're talking about these little enclaves of, of, of people who don't potentially have the same values and might struggle. You are, by putting them in hotels and places like that, you are basically going, here's a new one right next to you. And here's a new one right next to you. And the issue we have is that when the people who live in those towns go, fucking no, don't want that. Don't want that here. <laughs> They're called far-right fucking racists and all that shit, just like you said. Mm. And the government don't have a problem with that smear. 
They don't have a problem. The media don't have a problem with it. The government are quite happy for the media to use those types of slurs and things because the government wants this to happen. It wants these people here. Mm. It, yeah. You know, yeah. I think we've managed to talk about that in a uh, non-nutbag way. We've done quite well there, I think. Just to finish off. Figures no. released Figures released on Thursday revealed more than 175,000 people are waiting for a decision on their asylum application, taking the cost of managing the backlog to almost £4 billion. Home office spending on asylum rose by 1.85... Home office spending on asylum rose by £1.85 in a year. From 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 two from just over two billion in 2021-2022 to nearly four billion in 2022-2023, one point eight billion in a fucking year, and it will it will go up more next year because of that. Yeah. Like just because as everything gets worse, as the housing like just on the housing the housing the accommodation crisis gets worse, they're going to be paying more for the accommodation. That is scarce as fuck, just on that aspect. Yeah. And I'm also sceptical that four billion is actually the figure. What about all the hidden sure. costs that they ain't fucking telling people about? The contract, the costs, all these other, all the other costs that we know are hidden. And they're not, they're not, they're able to hide from the public in terms of the actual yeah. costs of what, what this is. What about the ind- indirect costs, you know, of uh, overstretched yeah. NHS, stretching it more, you know, uh, overstretched whatever. Council, no, council departments overstretched because they're managing more fucking people. Overstretched police yeah. forces because they're managing more problems because there's people in the country who don't know what rules are supposed to fucking follow. Anyway, yeah. very frustrating. And, yeah, and the, the downstream of that for you is the, the person who wants to sit there and go, well, I want to be a nice person, is that's fine, big dog, but you are going to pay more in taxes because the government doesn't have its own money. It has your money that it's given, yeah. given to it. Yeah. And it has to take more off you because these fuckers ain't earned any money just yet. It's going to take a while for them to integrate and try and get a job. They ain't going to be yeah. putting anything back into the system yet. Yeah. So you're paying. Yeah. Societal contract in tatters. Yeah. Right. On that happy note, <laughs> do you think people won't listen to this just to get depressed? <laughs> we, never talk about, we never talk about anything happy. <laughs> <laughs> it's sunny anyway. Yeah. It is stunning. But then that's climate change and, you know, that's the world ending. So we can't be happy about that either anymore. No, yes, no. Yeah. Anyway, cool. Right. Enjoy it. See you later, Have people. a nice day. See you Bye. later.